a message from Stephen Curry. Make sure y'all get y'all butts in the seats at five o'clock. Tip off. Uh, it's a little early, but everybody get off of work early in the Bay. Let's go. I hope you listen to the greatest shooter in the history of the game, one of the greatest players in the history of the game. Game six, a potential closeout game between the Golden State Warriors and Sacramento Kings is at a very unusual time, 5 p.m. Friday. So, folks, if you're going to the game, get there early, represent Dub Nation, and go Warriors. This is Locked On Warriors. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Cyrus Sotsas, your host. You can follow me on Twitter at Dog Surf Roadshow. Uh, we're recording this. I'm recording this right now. It's 3.15 p.m. on Thursday, April 27th, the day after the Golden State Warriors were victorious in a vitally important a vitally huge uh, game that uh, gives the Warriors a 3-2 series lead. They beat the Kings 123-116. It was just an all-out team effort for the players who actually played. Steve Kerr uh, limited his rotation uh, to nine players, and really, more realistically, you should say eight, because Moses Moody, who was the first player off the bench uh, in the game, he was the uh, the official sixth man for the Warriors uh, in game five, but he played four minutes, 29 seconds uh, before coming out. Didn't have a field goal attempt. Uh, it was mostly just great hustle, great effort on the defensive side of things. Um, did go to the line, which is always awesome. He attacked the rim. I absolutely love Moses Moody and better a uh, little bit than nothing. So I'm glad we saw him. Uh, but Kerr went with an eight-man rotation, his his tried and true, who he trusts the most. Uh, and, and, and again, Draymond Green came off the bench. But there were a lot of heroic performances. Uh, Stephen Curry goes without saying. Uh, I, I don't know if we're going to see the amount of minutes that we saw from Stephen Curry. He played 41 minutes, 58 seconds. We'll just round that up to 42. Uh, had another fantastic performance statistically. 31 points, shot 12 of 25 from the field. The only thing that wasn't going for him was his three-point shot. He was just two for 10 uh, from beyond the arc, which goes to show how effective he was inside the three-point line where he was 10 of 15 he has become such an incredibly effective player attacking the rim uh and a lot of that is attributed to uh his workout regimen his dedication to his his physical uh self uh, developing muscle developing conditioning um he is a much stronger player than he was earlier in his career uh where he now fills a hole for this golden state warriors team that existed after kevin durant left which was somebody that could get you easy buckets, uh, somebody that is not just a shooter. Stephen Curry is no longer just a shooter. He is a playmaker, uh, and he can get to the rim like as efficiently, as effectively as anyone else. And you saw that time and time and again uh, in that game last night, uh, oh. and it was huge, obviously. I mean, Stephen Curry was massive. I'm hearing a lot of people say that Klay Thompson 
uh, had his game six clay performance uh, last night in game five. I, I don't think that's true. Uh, for starters, uh, I'm going to echo the sentiments of my good friend, Connell Turno, who I'm going to mention a few times on the show today because he is a huge reason why uh, later in the show, I'm going to explain, uh, I now know at least, and, I, and look, so, some of you may agree, may disagree with my theory on what went wrong in terms of the regular season Golden State Warriors this year, but it was Connor's fantastic journalism that really just lit the light bulb over my head in terms of why the Warriors were only 44 and 38 as, a, as an overall record this year, why the Warriors struggled mightily as a road team going just 11 and 30 this year. Thanks to his journalism, I have the answer. I'm going to reveal that uh, later in the show. Um, but Clay Thompson, look, I'm I'm personally ecstatic that the real Game 6 Clay is just around the corner. Tomorrow, Friday, 5 p.m. tip, Chase Center. Uh, Clay Thompson uh, did have a solid game. He unfortunately was in foul trouble routinely. Uh, as I mentioned on yesterday's show, of the five fouls he was called for, maybe three were justified. Some of those were utterly BS. Um, so he was not playing as much as I think Steve Kerr uh, wanted him to play. He finished playing 32 minutes, was 10 of 19 from the field, 5 for 11 from beyond the arc, uh, finished the game with 25 points, added two rebounds. Had a, It was a solid game for him, but to say it was a clay six performance, uh, we're about to see the real clay six, I hope. Um, but those two had a fantastic performance. And the player that I, I give credit to the most, uh, that I gave love to last night, and I'll repeat this again, Andrew Wiggins, I, I, the, the real Wiggins is finally emerging. Uh, the Wiggins that was the second best, best player on a world championship team last year uh, is now there, is now present, is now part of the Golden State Warriors. Uh, and regardless of the, the personal trauma he experienced uh, that led to him missing nearly three months of action, those are three months he took off, folks. This is a well-rested uh, and ready to go Andrew Wiggins, and he showed that last night. This is a player that used to be a shooting guard for the Minnesota Timberwolves, and now he's routinely playing power forward for the Golden State Warriors, but it's not phasing him. Uh, he was 9 for 16 from the field. He was 2 for 5 from beyond the arc. Uh, the rebounding number, he grabbed 4. It sure felt like he grabbed a lot more, um, but he was really battling inside. Uh, did have two steals in the game, did have two blocks in the game, including that massive one on Malik Monk. Uh, Monk was just destroying the Warriors in that fourth quarter. Uh, so Wiggins finishes with a, a well-earned uh, 20 points. So he had a fantastic performance. Come on, Looney. Uh, I'll, I'll, the first soundbite I'll play from this show will be from uh, Draymond Green talking about what Kevon Looney means uh, to the Golden State Warriors. Uh, Looney, ha again, had a monster game uh, when it comes to the boards. Uh, finished the game uh, with 22 rebounds, matching the total uh, that he had in the in the Western Conference clinching game last year against the Dallas Mavericks when he also grabbed 22 rebounds. Um, 22 rebounds, to put it in perspective for you, is a damn lot. Okay, that that, that that's nothing to just kind of scoff over. It's just it was that kind of night for the Golden State Warriors where a lot of players were having great games. Uh, so here's Draymond Green talking about what Kevon Looney uh, and his presence inside as as a defender. Um, as someone who's now scoring buckets uh, with, a, with a solid post-up game, as someone whose passing has dramatically improved. He had seven assists last night. He's finding the open cutters. Uh, so here's Draymond, who himself had a great game. I'm going to talk about him in just a moment, uh, talking about his front court teammate, Kevon Looney. How much sort of a partnership you two have as the big guys, quote-unquote, in this lineup? Um, Kevon has become <clears throat> an Andre Godala, Sean Livingston, like a... 
a calming force. Uh, you know, when we were a lot younger in this run, we had those guys, Sean, uh, Andre, that list goes on, but those two guys in particular, that no matter what was going on, I start turning the ball over, Clay go haywire, Steph go haywire, and they would come in and just calm us down. And Kavon is that for this team. Uh, he's that stabilizing force that allows everyone else to focus on what they need to focus on. And, you know, the way he rebounds the ball is incredible. Uh, his playmaking has, has, you know, taken another step in the right direction and just continues to get better. And so, you know, he's a guy who we have the ultimate um, trust in. And, you know, also on, on the defensive end, uh, you know if you get beat, he's going to be there. You know, and I, I know for me, um, when I'm on the floor with him, I'm so much more comfortable on the defensive end just because he doesn't miss any assignment. And so uh, he's been that guy for us all year, last couple years, and he's continuing to get better. Absolutely. Kevon Looney had a phenomenal performance. Um, Draymond Green, by the way, uh, for the second game in a row, came off the bench. Um, and it's it's done wonders for the team. This is a, a Warriors team who their kryptonite this year was the bench. Um, and it wasn't necessarily because of personnel. They have the personnel. Uh, but it's just about who Kurt trusts. Um, and in a moment, I'm going I'm to explain that process, which I finally learned in terms of who, who Kurt trusts and, and his system this year, which has, is very different from all the other years he's coached in terms of who he decides plays, what lineups he implements. Um, but Draymond Green, uh, by the way, coming off the bench, uh, people were calling him Dre Nowitzki. Uh, he had his highest scoring game in more than five years. He had 21 points. Uh, the most he scored in a regular season or playoff game uh, since he scored 25 against the Phoenix Suns. This was back on March 17th, 2018, uh, back when Kevin Durant was still on the team. And it was his first 20-point game since Christmas 2019. Uh, that was the, the horrific year of the Golden State Warriors dynasty when they won just 15 games. Uh, <clears throat> but kudos to Draymond Green for coming off the bench and doing a phenomenal, phenomenal job. Kudos to Kevon Looney for, for holding down the fort inside. Uh, I'm seeing in the chat, uh, yes, Gary Payne II absolutely deserves love. Uh, the old Gary Payne II is back. The Gary Payne II that helped the Warriors win a world championship last year. He is playing the best ball of his life um, right now. And it's kudos to Gary Payne II as well. The Golden State Warriors as a whole, uh, and, and this was a huge problem for, the, for them in games one and two, offensive rebounds the Warriors grabbed 11 of those uh, in game five all of those coming from Kevon Looney who grabbed seven Gary Payne the second who grabbed four and they were huge uh he was the little big man out there that we all know and love uh so Gary Payne the second absolute kudos to you offensively not not a liability in any regard four for five from the field uh he took one three-point attempt he was wide open you got to take it when you're that open uh, he missed that but that's okay Finished the game with six rebounds, added two steals, eight points. Just kudos to Gary Payne II. Fantastic performance uh, from him. Uh, we'll have more in just a moment uh, when we come back. Uh, yes, Kev, dubs in six. It is weird that my prediction now is about to come true yet again. I did not think that was going to be possible. Uh, nice little streak I got going there. Um, so when we come back, though, uh, I want to touch on, on what I've learned uh, about Steve Kerr. Uh, and also, just we'll, we'll obviously talk more about the Warriors and preview a pivotal uh, Game 6. And there's a couple stats as well I want to mention about Stephen Curry uh, in terms of his place uh, in the all-time rankings. Um, because with every game that, that Steph plays now, he's starting to creep up some lists there in terms of postseason rankings, all-time rankings. So we'll get into that 
and so much more. Got to give some love right now to one of our sponsors, eBay Motors. Uh, let's get that overlay right there. And uh, this is a sponsor. I you can't I can't emphasize enough how great it is to have a sponsor where like I don't have to fake it, right? I don't have to like just read a script regardless of of how I feel. eBay Motors like what they're providing in terms of a service is huge. They're giving you auto parts at at, a, at incredible prices. And for a championship team like the Golden State Warriors, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. And the same comes to your vehicle in terms of the parts. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right. The first time around, just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit is only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. Every day is tomorrow. Uh, we'll be back at it with post game following game six. Again, tip off is at five. Super weird start time. Uh, so expect us to be on the air. Uh, I don't have a confirmation in terms of Kylan uh, Mills joining me, but I hope that is the case. I just I, I, I can't confirm that yet. Um, so join us immediately after the game. Hopefully it'll be a celebration because if the Warriors lose game six, yeah, I'm, I'm panicking again. I, I do not want to see a game seven where anything can happen, especially in Sacramento. Um, it, by the way, gotcha who writes, uh, uh the 240 P bro. So I, I'm glad you brought that up. I have been told, first of all, uh, I'm not going to engage with the chat as much early in the show. It is, this is not a personal decision, but, um, it partly comes down from the top and it's also partly because apparently, you know, I love engaging with people. I, I love human interaction. Um, but at the same time, it, it, I've the show sometimes veers from the direction it's going on when I engage with the chat. So uh, so I'm going to save a lot of the chat for later in the show. Um, but the 240p uh, angle referring to the quality of the production, um, we're moving finally. I've been talking about this for almost a year. Uh, Locked on Warriors is one of the last shows uh, that's migrating to uh, the StreamYard platform, and if you don't understand what that means, it's okay. The point is the quality should hopefully be better as well because I've noticed, I've wondered if it's my computer, if it's my connection, but whenever I record interviews with Zoom, because sometimes other individuals' computers can't handle this platform that we're on right now, we use a platform called Restream, um, their computers don't work on it. Like Mark Jones, for example, when he comes on the show, I have to record with Zoom, but I've also noticed with Zoom, uh, the quality is infinitely better so it's almost for sure this platform sorry for the 240p uh but for the for the the, the, the video viewers uh, hopefully that'll improve in due time uh let's get to the steve kerr thing i've been teasing this long enough and again uh this is a theory it's not like this is some hardcore fact but i hope you understand especially if you're a longtime viewer of this show uh you're hopefully aware by now that my credibility is sound i don't i don't feed you bs i don't i don't throw crap against the wall and see what sticks if i tell you something it's because, A, I've double and triple checked with other athletes, other media members who I consider insiders. Um, I hope my observation skills by now have shown that they're pretty damn good 
And so, you know, when I, when I present a theory like this, it's not just half-assing. This is something I firmly believe in. And in this one particularly, I, I very much believe in. So Connell Letourneau, who for a long time has been a beat right reporter for the San Francisco Chronicle covering the Golden State Warriors. Uh, he, that's no longer his role. CJ Holmes now has that role. CJ is a guest on the show regularly. Love him. Uh, Connor has been promoted to what's called an enterprise reporter where he has a lot more uh, creative freedom in terms of what he wants to write about. Uh, and and he's, he's, he's focusing a lot on hard-hitting journalism, stories that, that uh, you know, reflect humanity. Um, but right now he's back fully on the Warriors beat and brother, we've missed you because what, one of the stories you wrote, uh, Connor, Connor Letourneau did, uh, this was two days ago was a profile piece on Steve Kerr and his coaching style. And I'm going to read verbatim these two paragraphs that he wrote. It was in the middle of the story and I saw this and I'm like, what the hell is this? And I called Connor just to confirm and just to get any additional details so that I could have a full picture. Uh, and hello to everyone who's coming in. I, I am reading all the chats. Um, so hello, fish and chips here. I'll even show you some love for a second. Hey. All right. So, and hello to SG Sports Talk channel. What is up? So here is what I read in Connell Letourneau's piece on Steve Kerr a couple of days ago. And I'll tweet this out in a little bit so you can see the visual as well. The screen capture of the, the two paragraphs I'm referring to. Quote, Kerr also hires coaches whose strengths complement his weaknesses. Before taking the Kings head coaching job last spring, Mike Brown spent six seasons providing the attention to detail the laid back Kerr needed. Kenny Atkinson, who turned down the Hornets head coaching position to stay a Warriors assistant, teaches Kerr daily about analytics. Here's Kerr speaking now. Quote, Kenny came in and really changed a lot of the way we thought and operated from a number standpoint, Kerr said. But ultimately, we're like sailors on a submarine. You better like the person you're working with, unquote. And what these two paragraphs reveal to me is that unlike in years past, Steve Kerr has suddenly decided to focus a lot more on analytics. I've heard a lot of his quotes this year, and I keep hearing something that I've never heard him utter before. Maybe he's uttered it at various places, but not at the consistent rate that he mentions it now and that and these two words are net rating net rating is a, an advanced metric that measures uh statistics based on 100 possessions and um one analytic that that kerr is relying heavily on is net rating in terms of which combination of players out there uh produce the best results right because because part of net rating in terms of, of advanced metrics involves like three-man units and how they work together, four-man units, two-man units, five-man units. The five-man ones are the ones I focus on the most because you're literally seeing per 100 possessions how a five-individual unit works. I'm also of the very fervent belief that of all the major sports, baseball, football, don't know enough about hockey to, to give you an educated opinion on that, but between baseball, football, and basketball, basketball is by far, I don't think it's even close, should be least reliant on analytics. What I'm trying to say with that is, if you watch the game, if you study the game, you don't need numbers to tell you who is good and who is bad. Not to say that all numbers are bad. Certain analytics clearly represent reality. And like scoring averages, for example. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, my, my predecessor, Wes Goldberg, uh, frowns strongly on rebounds. I don't agree. I think rebounds are, are very important. Sometimes don't tell the whole picture assist shooting percentages there's certain stats that clearly reflect reality a uh, net net rating is a good one 
Um, the pro but what I learned from these two paragraphs is that Steve Kerr on a daily basis, and, and I confirmed this with a phone call every day, speaks with Kenny Atkinson. And I didn't know this about Kenny Atkinson. I don't know a lot about Kenny Atkinson. This, this, all this does is suddenly make me very focused on the number one assistant on the Golden State Warriors because I don't feel like many people have done much research and much reporting on him. Kenny Atkinson on a daily basis, uh, supposedly enlightens Steve Kerr with analytics. He's a big time numbers guy. That to me is a detriment. That to me is why we saw a lack of progression with the youngsters. That's a huge reason why we saw James Wiseman basically pushed out the door. Um, that's a huge reason why the team saw these two-way players playing often because Anthony Lamb, for example, is a massive beneficiary of net rating. When you when you put him in uh, and plug him in with these, these numbers and you have him, for example, in a lineup with four other players, Anthony Lamb produces solid numbers when it comes to net rating. Like most lineups with Anthony, Anthony Lamb in it uh, have a positive net rating, meaning per 100 possessions, they're outscoring the opposition. And this explains, and for me, this was like the light that shined over my head. It suddenly made me realize what went into his decision-making. And it's also a huge reason why now in the postseason, you're seeing Kerr go back to what he's traditionally done, relying on instincts, uh, relying on the eye test, and playing the veterans that he knows can deliver, as opposed to the regular season, when we saw players like, like Jonathan Kaminga sometimes get DNP'd. Moses Moody got a lot of DNPs. James Wiseman got traded. Wiseman had horrible net rating statistics. Um, it, it's... It, the moment I heard that, it all made sense. And here's my here's my personal thought on this, which is I love Steve Kerr. This was the first year I've ever criticized him as a head coach. Last year, uh, my first full year hosting this program, I had a lot of people coming to me saying, Kerr sucks, I prefer Ty Lu." Because my first reaction to anyone that says Steve Kerr always is, who would you replace him with? It's not a productive conversation if you just simply hate on someone. You also need to come at me with, okay, fine, what's the solution here? Who are you going to replace uh, this, this, this head coach with, and the only name I ever heard was Ty Lu. And look, Ty Lu, I think is a fine coach. He's not a great coach. Uh, you know, he, he's, he's had one 50 win season in his entire career. Um, and I, I don't want Ty Lu over Steve Kerr. I think the, the team is fine with Steve Kerr. Um, so I defended him this year. Things have been stinky. Things have been off. The, the, the records have shown that, uh, the minute distribution has shown that. And now I know why. And now hopefully you folks know why too. He is completely reliant on Kenny Atkinson and analytics oftentimes to decide who he's going to play. And the problem with that is, especially with a young player like Kaminga or Moody, their analytics at this stage of their career is not going to be great. They're going to have to grow into that. Uh, Jordan Poole is an example of a player I think Kerr was ignoring that on. But you also saw Poole's minutes decline and you've seen him relegated to a bench role, especially toward the end of the season. His analytics to a certain extent, especially when it comes to net rating, were not always great. You also heard uh, Steve Kerr mention how uh, he loves the the combination of Kaminga and Lamb. Um, I haven't actually looked at that analytics yet uh, in terms of those two and their net rating, but something tells me the numbers is what stuck out to him. And all I can ask of Steve Kerr, A, is stop focusing so much on the numbers, please. You've been doing fine. You've been doing a phenomenal job your entire career. You've been the, the leader of a dynasty. You don't need net rating uh, to become a better coach. Uh, and, and the moment I heard that, I just for me, finding an answer was a massive relief. Um, and so the problem is Kenny Atkinson. He loves his data. He loves numbers. I've read Moneyball. I used to be a massive baseball fan. I totally understand the value of analytics. I look at the numbers every day myself. 
But of all the sports, when it comes to basketball, I just do not feel you need it. It, it. You don't need a piece of paper with a lot of numbers to tell you if a player is good or bad. And Steve Kerr hasn't needed it either. Um, the attention to detail clearly was missing this year. He plugged Kenny Atkinson into that role that Mike Brown had. Mike Brown also loves analytics, but Mike Brown is also very much a people person and is very much an eye test person as well. Uh, Kenny Atkinson apparently is a very analytics driven individual. So there you go. That is what happened this year. And again, you can agree or disagree with me if you want. That's fine. But um, I, I firmly believe that is what happened this year. And I got to give Kerr a lot of respect for the simple reason that he's very open minded. He listens. Um, I just think he's maybe listening to Kenny Atkinson a little too much. Great news is postseason. The stuff doesn't matter for the most part. Your rotations are limited and the Warriors are up three, two. So that's the most important thing. So we're stoked on that. Uh, I'm going to address any chats uh, when we come back. Uh, got to give some love to Ibotta, which is a great resource if you want to save money on shopping, right? So let's say you do some school shopping, some groceries. You can get a little something for yourself with Ibotta because you can earn cash back on every shopping trip where Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce, personal care, pantry goods. Either link your loyalty account or upload your receipt after you shop to get your cash back. It's that easy. The average Ibotta user earns $120 a year in real actual cash back in your hands, in your pocket, in your bank account. That $120 a year could cover the entire cost of a shopping trip. And right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 just for trying Ibotta. Just use the code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play and download the free Ibotta app and use the code Locked for $5. L-O-C-K-E-D. That's Ibotta. I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Player App Store and use the code LOCKED. That's L-O-C-K-E-D. You are Locked On Warriors. Your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts. One final segment. Again, you can follow me on Twitter at, at DogSurfRocho. Uh, Mike writes in the chat. I'm going to address these now. We're in our final segment. Who do the Warriors match up better with, L.A. or Memphis? I think from a matchup perspective, the Grizzlies. They've shown they can beat them. The Grizzlies uh, are lacking size, um, especially with uh, Steven Adams and Brandon Clark out. Uh, so I, I say from a matchup perspective, it's the Grizzlies, but the Warriors are likely going to be playing the Los Angeles Lakers. And I hate that we're looking ahead, but look, it's, you know, it's, it, it is fun to talk about. Uh, the Warriors are far from done with the Kings. I, I don't want to write off the Kings just yet, but if we're talking about next, next round opponents, it is a fun discussion. Again, I think the Grizzlies are a better matchup given they don't have Adams. They don't have Brandon Clark. Uh, but if you play the Lakers, you got home court advantage. And the Lakers are old. They're big, but they're slower. Um, LeBron is showing his age right now. Anthony Davis, a player which is who's a freak of nature. He's one of the best players this game's ever seen. There's a reason why he's on the 75th anniversary team. Draymond Green knows how to guard him. So I'm comfortable with either one. I, I What I feel really com comfortable about is the fact that whoever the Warriors play next, I think it's going to be easier. I really do. The, the Kings are such a formidable opponent. They're athletic. They're fast. Uh, offensively to have to deal with that is just an absolute headache. Um, so 
I, I, I'm going to go, uh, you know, so regardless, I'm going to say the Grizzlies are easier, but the home court advantage against the Lakers, I don't see the Warriors losing uh, any home games in this postseason. They played so dominant uh, at home that 33 and eight record was actually two games better than their home record last year. Um, so I, my, my point is either way, I'm not stressing that hard. I, I do think the Warriors will beat either team, but they have to get past the Kings first. Uh, Kevin Prentice writes, uh, if the first half uh, is strong for the Golden State Warriors, it's over. So uh, there we go. Um, I want to play some sound real quick. Uh, talking about Steve Kerr, I, I really want to give him love just because this whole thing is about Steph, man. I mean, Steph is playing quite possibly the best basketball of his life. Um, his shooting percentages this year were much higher than they were a year ago. Uh, you know, the fact that he can finish at the rim, the fact that he's not a defensive liability um, is huge. Uh, so I have a couple sound bites I want to play from Steph, and these are both post game on the NBC broadcast. I'm, I've been watching the national broadcast just because I like the different perspective. I love my boy Fitz. Him and I go back over 20 years, uh, worked together for a very long time. I love Fitz. He's a, he's a great human being. Um, so I don't say that as a slight to him. It's just, you know, when they're on national TV, you're, you're hearing new perspectives, and I like that. So here's Steph after the game talking to Fitz and Kalena about the end of game five. Steph, you guys had 60 points in the paint. That's big time. You had a bunch of those. Can you describe what you saw on that last and one layup where you just kept probing, kept your dribble alive? Uh, I mean, I had some good looks from threes. You know, pretty much all, all, all game is missed a bunch of them. But the way that they were pressuring Davion, he's just trying to get into the ball. Even uh, Fox is picking up a half court. So once you get back past the first line of defense, you just got to see, you know, where Sabonis is. He's not really a rim protector, but he tries to show himself early. But we can find a lot of good looks that way and negate their pressure. That last one was just trying to literally all I was thinking about is don't turn it over, don't turn it over, don't turn it over. <laughs> um, and then finally the lane opened up for a layup. And he's referring to that play where he kept dribbling around. And I, I can't, was it Harrison Barnes that was chasing him? Uh, I, I can't imagine what it's like to defend Steph Curry. Uh, it's almost like you have to have soccer player endurance because you're just running endlessly. And then Steph finished the play getting fouled, the plus one, uh, to pretty much wrap up the game at that point. Um, so phenomenal play from Steph. And here's one more. Uh, this is Steph referring to his teammate, Kevon Looney, um, who, again, 22 rebounds. He's he's one of the many differences in this series but we came into the series with a lot of chatter about demontis Sabonis and how difficult the warriors uh may find themselves in defending him um that part's been fine and it's largely because of kevon looney uh and here's steph talking about Looney. you're his teammate but can you realize that one of the nice warrior plays is a missed shot that looney will just get it get it back to somebody else and you guys get second chance points how do you get 22 rebounds in 34 minutes it's a it's a luxury to have. I mean, he's I don't know his hands have has a magnet connected to the ball. He's we say the word he's relentless. He finds you know the angles, and he's pretty sure-handed once he gets it to find the open guy. So it was a big uh, big effort on his part. Second 20 rebound game of the series. I think you know that that gives us such good momentum and allows us to uh, have extra possessions and it's huge for us. Well, you're. Absolutely right. Um, and uh, SG Sports uh, Talk Channel uh, wrote uh, that uh, they're interested. First of all, thanks for being a fan of the show. I really do appreciate that. Um, and you wrote if you can be a special guest on Lockdown Warriors. Uh, why don't you sh start with this? Either send me a DM on Twitter uh, or email me. Uh, the, the show's email account is warriors24pod 
at gmail.com. We're still accepting. Uh, we have very limited space for local sponsors. But if you're in the San Francisco Bay Area or somewhere near here and you want to be a sponsor of this show, you you hear how much we how much love we give to our sponsors. Uh, and we have a very few limited spaces for that. Jump in. Email warriors24pod at gmail.com. If you're an aspiring media professional, I'm always here to help. I teach the subject, man. It's, it's you know, and anything I can do to help out. Uh, we'll talk about the whole special guest thing. That's a, that's another discussion. But um, <laughs> And uh, Bruce Morrow writes, if you hate me, hit the like button. If you like me, hit the like button. Thank you. I, I don't know why you'd hate me. That kind of sucks. I hope not. Um, yeah, I don't, I'm not trying to get hate from anyone. Uh, so game six, uh, again, Friday, 6 p.m., 5 p.m., um, vitally important game. Uh, interesting to see what adjustments Kerr makes simply because the one player that is not delivering for the Warriors, who's still getting a lot of reps, who's getting a lot of trust uh, from Steve Kerr is Dante DiVincenzo. Um, some games he's delivered, but, but there's more times than not. Uh, the shooting just hasn't been there. The hustle has, though. He's a great defender, um, you know, and he's a great facilitator. He's He has great handles. Uh, but last night in 17 minutes of play was just one for five from the field was zero for three uh, from beyond the arc uh, for a whopping total of two points. Uh, he led the team in negative plus minus. He was minus 11 when he was out there, uh, you know, and, and this is where, again, Moses Moody, instead of getting four minutes and change, why not give him 10 minutes? Uh, he's delivered every time he's been out there. He's been fantastic for the Warriors uh, in this series against the Kings. I still maintain that Jermichael Green is a positive uh, in this series when Alex Len plays. Um, a game this close, like it was for the Warriors last night, 123-116, I felt like it could have been a, a blowout, just like it was in game three. I mean, I don't think it's a coincidence that the one game that the Warriors dominated in this series was game three, a game where we saw Moses Moody, uh, Jermichael Green, and Jonathan Kaminga get heavy minutes. Uh, I'm obviously not counting on Kaminga. Kerr just does not uh, feel he's right for this series. So be it. What are you going to do? Um, but Jermichael, I don't think would hurt. But regardless, uh, yeah, Dante DiVincenzo, those 17 minutes, um, Give some of those to Moody. I, I really wouldn't mind that. Um, so, uh, yeah. So, there we go. Um, so, that's the show. Um, I'm checking out the chat, seeing if anybody uh, wrote anything uh, that I should address. Um, but I don't think there's really much. Um, <laughs> and uh, uh, Fish and Chips, right? We might disagree. But, no, hey, thank you. I, you know, I, 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 I do not ever I, I could care less if you disagree i mean this is sports is all about debating and and the back and forth and it's fun the you know the the s-bomb talk and i love that stuff too man so as long as there's no hate i could care less that's awesome um all right so uh yeah and, and ethan thank you for saying that uh there is always people who doubt me uh you know and for those who do i always say why don't you bring out that that sheet of mistakes of incorrections that i've said and uh, broadcasted and you're not going to find anything on that list. Cause I don't, I don't spew nonsense here on this program. I, I try to be accurate. Uh, yeah, I like that. If you, uh, if you like Kaminga, hit the like button. Um, but anyways, regardless, the warriors are one game away game six. Uh, we might see game six clay. That's an interesting prospect. 5 PM is the start time. Check it out. Thanks to everyone for tuning in. <laughs> Bruce Morrow. No, we're not, we're not, we're not clamoring for Kurt to get fired. I've never once asked for that. Um, and now that I know that Kenny Atkinson has been the root of this whole thing, yeah, Kerr's, Kerr's got off my radar a little bit. The only, the only thing I wish Kerr would do is just don't listen to him as much. Maybe just listen to some of your other assistants uh, or just go with what you've been doing the previous nine years instead of year 10, if this is year 10 for him, whatever this year is. Um, anyways, thank you, everyone. Uh, let's hope game six is victorious. So we can start talking about 
uh, either the Lakers or the Grizzlies and join us tomorrow for post game. Uh, hopefully Kylan will be with me uh, to break it all down. Follow the program on Twitter at locked on dubs until the next episode. Thank you. Um, yeah, we'll see.